You're listening to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast, the show where personal finance is about the person, not just the numbers. Here on BFF, we talk about how to make money your best friend so that you can have the freedom to make the most out of life. We go through the honest discussions about money so that you don't need to make the same mistakes. We demystify jargon so that no one can smoke you with complicated acronyms. After all, money's greatest value is to give us control over our time, which is truly our greatest asset. I'm your host, Junus Yu. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Building Financial Fitness Podcast. So today we're going to be talking about something that has been trending on TikTok, and this is hashtag lazy girl jobs. And so today we're basically going to be talking about, you know, that transition maybe from girl boss to TikTok's trending lazy girl jobs. And we have with us a girl boss, Miss Sakura Seed. Hello. So thanks for being on. And I think like in July 2023, I mean, we've seen media outlets like Wall Street Journal and Fortune actually talk about this newest trend, which is you know, lazy, hashtag lazy girl jobs, right? And for those of us who browse TikTok, you probably would have seen videos that's like amassing like 9 to 10 million views or even more with people talking about their lazy girl jobs. And for those who might not have heard of it or you're not on TikTok or anything like that, lazy girl jobs, which I gather actually can apply to both genders really. I mean, we can talk on later on why it's called lazy girl mm. jobs and not lazy people jobs. These jobs are not your average 9 to 5 office roles, but are, you know, instead more hyper flexible, more like work from home jobs that actually accrue a de- decent income. And some examples of these jobs could be administrative assistance where you work from home. Some of it could be social media marketing where you kind of like um, interact with clients who maybe request you to post like three media posts a day and they pay you like 1k a month and you have five or such clients and then you have like $5,000 a month. So you can, you know, you can sort of like, yes, you know, how that lifestyle would be. And if we look at the the background of how this hashtag came about, it first started when um twenty six year old Gabriel Judge posted about her own lazy girl job and she coined you know the hashtag right, and in this video where it has you know around like three hundred fifty thousand likes right now, she talks about how she values that work life balance right, and I quote she says, "I truly believe women are not meant to live paycheck to paycheck." So that started this whole trend where other quote-unquote lazy girls like followed suit where they talked about their own flexible gigs. So clearly it has been something that has been going on because when she coined the term, there are a lot of people who were like, wow, I can identify with this and let me share like my version. So I want to quote another one which has 9 million views, right? Where this lady says... Lazy girl jobs are my favorite. All I do is to copy and paste the same emails, take three to four calls a day, take my extra long break, take more breaks, and get a nice salary. <laughs> so I have my views on this. And as a girl lost yourself deep in the arena of personal finance, mm. what are your thoughts on this? Given that you also work with a lot of Gen Zs. <laughs> Well, firstly, when you when you were the one who told me about it, mm. I actually didn't know about it prior to that. So, you know, when I heard about it at first, I was like, oh, sounds like something that you'll hear on TikTok, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's my initial thought. But you have real world people who are sharing it and talking about how they have been living their lives like the last year or two yeah. years, living like that. That is what makes it so crazy because I can't pinpoint what I find the craziest part of this story because 
Firstly, I think um, definitely social media has its way of amplifying all these stories, right? Yes. yes. Um, but to hear personal recounts of so many people with their lazy girl jobs. Mm. Um, okay, the thing is, when you refer to all these jobs, how it's a lot more lax in responsibilities. Mm. The first thing that comes to my mind is like, oh, if it's that easy, like how is the job stability like? You know, you mm. could, it, I mean, it's a job that then can very easily be outsourced, isn't and done it? By, right? You know, yeah. People, there's no distinguishing factor, there's no mm. unique selling point if we Correct. talk about our skills as a marketable mm. asset. Yeah, but also there is a part of me that when I hear how these Gen Z's or you know, whatever generation they are from, mm. they have strategized it so well, you know, to make sure that one job gives them like say 1k and they have five of that. Mm. I'm like, wow, you know, <laughs> I honestly I applaud that that mm. they strategized it so well that, that they had a game plan with that. Mm. Um our Gen Zs and people who commonly use TikTok, they continue to amuse me, <laughs> really, because they're not people that I often see within my circle and mm. interact with, mm. right? And I don't think it's necessarily bad that there is this type of people, simply because um, maybe they're just seeking out for jobs, and, and that's maybe what they need, right? Mm. And I think when you look at jobs and JDs, we all go through different phases in our life where we require different... Well, how do we view our career? How mm. do we view that job? Mm. Right? Maybe they are in a place where jobs aren't the most... You know, the most important thing in their life and they, they just need a sustainable... Yes. Uh, salary. Yes. Yeah. So, in that sense, kudos to them to be able to identify what they need and cater to themselves there. Um, but... Also, on the other hand, for myself, whose job, it it almost makes... I don't want to say it's my whole identity because mm. it shouldn't be, right? Mm. But I do spend a lot of my time doing my work, mm. right? So, yeah. I just cannot relate. Yeah, which is yeah. why I wanted you to come on to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. I certainly mm. am of the opinion that everybody defines what mm. is important to them in their life mm. and then they make their own choices mm. and are responsible for their own choices. Mm. But I think that there's certainly this like cultural shift. And like you rightly said, like TikTok or social media general sort of amplifies a lot of this mm. these things, right? May not actually be represent the views of the majority. But you know, it does amplify like certain cultural mm. changes. And what we've seen is that, you know, a few years back there was this huge hustle culture kind of movement yeah. where everybody's like, Yeah, you work really hard and mm. you know, put your all into your career and your career is everything. And we certainly yeah. saw that a lot with China, for example. You know, and I, the reason why I talked about China is because there has been huge swings from hustle culture, you know, from the people who are working like the 996 culture mm. in Chinese tech companies. And they kind of like went all the way to the Tangping movement, which is that lying flat movement mm. where they were so burnt out from yeah. that huge, that extremes of working really mm. hard. And they kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to lie flat and don't, not do anything. So when I think about this, right, you know, this lazy gold drops is like actually a not really right in the middle but it's an in-between where that I will do something but then I will not have my entire identity be mm. focused on who I am what I do for work there are other aspects mm. of my life but I'm gonna still earn an income and be mm. economically viable and still pay my taxes and things like that yeah so it's like an in-between mm. it's, not, it's, not, it's not terrible Mm. But like my my perspective of this, you know, when I first looked into this, and especially that video where she said that I'm so proud because <laughs> I can copy and paste the same emails, take two to four calls a day. And then when I think about it, and then when you think about 
for example, like mm. what tasks can be automated. We're not even talking about yeah. AI yeah. or yeah. what yeah. it can yeah. do. Like automated tasks can already be done. Mm. You know, you already have virtual assistants. Whatever she's doing is doing like virtual assistant job, but somehow paying more. Mm. And and my first take on that is I always think that it's important to upskill mm. and always be, you know, relevant just given the how the changes in the world is actually accelerating and how a lot of skills are actually becoming obsolete. Like even when you think about computer science mm. coding from scratch, you know, mm. how many of the skills are relevant today when a lot of it is you can actually build on top of that code. Yeah. And I do wonder also if you know, in an ideal job, I would think you want to be challenged enough also. Mm. You know, if I'm just sending five emails and coffee, doing a coffee face here and there, mm. I don't know if I'll find fulfillment in it. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I, when I think back at maybe like part-time jobs that I used to do, mm. even if money wasn't the biggest priority then, I had still chosen jobs that were slightly more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know for a fact that it wouldn't sit well with me. Right. Yeah. But to each its own, I think the most important thing there is that you are still able to provide for yourself and yes. whatever, you know, you got your priorities, right? Mm. Um, but I do wonder, like, is it sustainable for you, mm. right? Like we mm. both mentioned, um, whether it's in um, mentally, is it sustainable for you to be doing a job that is just so simple and you don't feel very stimulated um, and maybe you're not even passionate about it. Mm. Yeah, and on this topic, I actually looked into why we choose the jobs we choose, right? Mm. And it's always a struggle for everyone. Everyone always is trying to find that balance between like, say, passion versus one that pays well. Yes. Right? I mean, that's that, that forever thing. Mm. But like to go back to a place where you're doing something that is just like meh and then like you you earn a just okay income. I don't know that if that is okay. And mm. and that's the thing. And mm. I think this that's why it's worth a discussion. Mm. Right. But um yeah, it's just mind boggling to me that this exists. <laughs> yeah, I mean mm. I think um I mean you pointed out correctly on that decision mm. or sort of like weighing between income maximization and what you care about. I, I sometimes I even, you know, am hesitant to say what you're passionate about, mm. right? Or mm. things I think it's more important like what do you care about? What mm-hmm. problem do you mm. care that you think is worth solving? But sometimes the problem that you think is worth solving is not gonna give you income maximization. Mm. And I think that, you know, for the younger generation we can certainly identify the fact that, you know, our parents maybe come from you know the more of the income maximization mm. bit because mm. back then it was more about survival, putting food on yeah. the table, making sure there's enough to go around for the family. And for the young generation bit there's less of that, you know, is is harder for for the majority of population to think that, oh, you know, I'm not gonna have the next meal or mm-hmm. like the lights are gonna go out. Mm. You know, it's not so much this kind of concerns where and, mm. and the concerns are sometimes are more on self actualization. Yeah. How am I contributing to the world? Yeah. And definitely I, I totally agree on that. And I do think the younger generation puts a lot of emphasis on the purpose behind things, you know, uh, whether it's what we're talking about, like like environmental sustainability. Mm. I, the, the people who um, advocate for it the most in my circle or the people I know are the younger generation. Mm. Yeah, and it's also understandable how they are not big fans of you know, hustle culture. Mm. And I think as a whole society, we are moving away from it a little bit mm-hmm. and f- trying to strike that balance of that work-life work-life balance, right, we call it. Mm. Yeah. It is something that you're able to really strike that balance, right? Mm. You you work just a few couple of hours and then 
the rest of the day you get to do what you want mm. yeah so I think like what you do with the Dare to Finance platform and you know mm. helping individuals or even just like couples like you said like units to visualize their financial future I think that's that's important right because if you kind of really go into that inputs putting the inputs and you know one of it obviously would be what is your estimated um, yes. income yes. right and if it's somebody who is thinking about okay I'm doing X number of clients paying me X thousand dollars mm. a month how repeatable is that mm. because I think one of the things that came out so let's say even if it's for somebody who's doing copywriting I think a lot of us are familiar with the whole you know the changes that are brought about from AI mm. obviously a lot of it is like debatable there's a lot of discussion on it but there are real cases where there mm. are this guy he, he actually had a lot of his like a good part of his career in the last few years was basically doing really good, solid copywriting for his clients. And they were like maybe 10 clients and they were paying him like X thousand dollars a month. But, you know, after this whole thing came about, he lost all but one of them. Mm. And the last client reduced, I think, their spending on him, but wanted him to basically proofread the outputs of an AI engine. Mm. And and all of a sudden, you know, he needed to desperately look for other sources of income, which, you know, in the in the interim in, included like walking dogs. Mm. Mm. So, you know, I think that's when we need to think about the 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 skill sets that we that we build, right? Mm. Even for someone like him where, you know, copywriting is a skill in itself. But you know, it's sort of like being, you know, usurped also, by Yeah, made obsolete so easily. Yeah, made obsolete quite easily. Yeah. So so I think that, you know, the skill sets actually is, is important. It is, it is. And I, I totally agree. And like like you mentioned also in, in the previous episode that I am a firm believer of upskilling. Mm. Um but that also comes with the fact that I genuinely want to upskill. <laughs> like, you mm. know, I don't want to stay stagnant. Mm. Yeah. And if we're not learning something through the span of our life then in my opinion it's not a life well lived that's true yeah. but you can also um, yeah. argue that this lazy girl jobs the people yeah. who are yeah. doing this they are upskilling their lives in other aspects yeah yeah but I mean not in the mm. corporate domain correct could yeah. be that for my from really honest opinion I only see it as something that maybe people do during different phases because as you mentioned if they're upscaling in other areas that would mean that they're moving towards a different direction and yes. that's fine yes that's totally fine yes. yeah it's just for that interim period this is this lazy girl job that mm. I'm doing mm. yeah and that as a whole I think it's completely fine hey you're still learning something new in other areas yes I think mm. I think that's a good that's a good parting thought like mm. you know, it doesn't need to be you know you need to be like so so good yeah. at being an administrator mm assistant but then if you think about it it could be a good side hustle Mm-mm. right especially if it's like not a lot of effort and it gives you decent income yeah. while you build your skill sets in another mm. area and I think like you know you're doing a lot of good work with Dare to Finance so for people who are you know who like to find out more about mm. what you do or use the platform to mm. help plan out visualize their financial future like where can they find you yes so for the financial planning tool it is helmed by our fintech site so mm-hmm. you can find it at perfango.com cool thank you so much for being on it was lovely to have you on Sakura likewise thanks for having me in the hot seat thank you <laughs> many thanks as well to all of you out there for tuning in this has been a fantastic conversation and we would definitely love to hear what you think about it if you would like to get in touch with us you can reach out to us through the email podcast at me 
or at my Instagram at MissFitFi. Aside from that, if you enjoy what you're listening to and want to hear more, please help to spread and grow the show by subscribing on MeListen or Apple Podcasts or by following on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Finally, the Building Financial Fitness Podcast is an original production from MediaCorp and recorded at Scape Live Studios, The Pod, powered by Audio-Technica and City Music. Episode production is done by Junus Yu, with editing and support by Danny Cordy and Gareth Fernandez. Once again, I'm your host and BFF, Junus Yu. Until the next time.